Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Couples Develop podcast. So glad you're joining Justin and I here again um, for another episode. For those of you who are new, my name is Bridget, and I am a marriage and family therapy graduate student. And Justin is my boyfriend, who is a financial planner, and we created this podcast um, to learn more about each other um, out of the coronavirus pandemic uh, for something to do for a couple's development skill and just love to share topics with you on all things um, about personal and couple development and things that we're doing and things we are learning and reading about to live exceptional lives. So, so glad that you are joining us again. Hi, everybody. All right. Well, we have a couple topics that we thought we'd touch on today. Justin, what do you think we could go through first? Well, I know in the past we've spoken about the book of 30 Days of Rejection and how uh, people have done uncommon things and have made themselves feel uncomfortable. And so unintentionally, uh, last week, I showed up by Bridget's uh, hometown and told her that I was at the park by her uh, unexpectedly. And she came by and I gave her flowers. And uh, Bridget, after hanging out for a little bit, you know, she was on a run. And so she was walking home with a bunch of flowers in her hand. And through that experience, I know she had some insights and things she felt walking through a small town where everyone kind of knew her and kind of just how she felt internally about uh, that experience. So I thought that would be a good topic we could hear from you today, Bridget. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that introduction and take notes, guys who are listening, because girls always love flowers, especially when it's a surprise. Um, So it was very sweet of Justin. But yeah, it was a really um, interesting experience for me when I reflected on it for a couple of reasons, because I I remember first when um, he surprised me with flowers, I was like, this is really unexpected. I was so like short on words and I was actually on a run. So I was very like just showing up as my true self. I, you know, didn't, I wasn't ready by any means, you know, it was just on a run and caught totally off guard. So it was just cool that um, to reflect on like that's life and that's how relationships are. And I kind of related it to, you know, you're not always going to be, this is a very small example, but just you're not always going to show up in your relationship and in life as your best self. Not that, you know, me showing up um, running and like not, you know, having makeup on or what have you was not showing up as my best self, but just sort of that idea of show, showing up unprepared in a sense, um, you know, unexpected, not ready. I didn't have, you know, the words to properly think just when I was so caught off guard. So that was just an interesting reflection on one hand just to know that um, that's how relationships are you're you're with a person you know regardless of how they're showing up each day I mean you hope the best for them but it's just that's not what it's about relationships are true relationships and lasting relationships are based on love and um, Justin was just his aim was to just come and surprise me it had nothing to do with how I was showing up which I thought was really cool Um, and then another piece of just um, you know continuing to do the little things like that was just a very um, fun little um, thing to have just on a random Saturday. It wasn't planned. And I think um, in relationships, especially with um, the coronavirus, I know uh, date options and things seem to be kind of limited. So sometimes it's hard to think of ways to sort of um, 
keep the fire going in relationships or just kind of spice things up every once in a while. And so just made me think that I was so grateful that Justin did that just as a piece of sort of um, continuing to do the little things just, um, you know, we, we've been dating for over a year and a half. And just the fact that he, you know, still wanted to surprise me and still wanted to just make my day in that way and um, didn't have it planned out or anything was really special. And I think that um, strong and lasting relationships, it's really important to continue to do those those little things um, in the mundaneness of life. And then finally, as I was walking um, home with the flowers, it was super funny because I just was reflecting to Justin that I know that there was a time in my life where, you know, if I was out of the ordinary by any means, especially walking home um, with flowers where people were passing me and cars were passing me and stuff, if I was, there's a time in my life that if I stood out for any reason, um, good or bad or, or neutral, I would just, you know, shy away from those things. I would just think, oh, I just want to fit in. I just want to stick to the crowd. I don't want anyone to look at me. I don't want to draw attention to myself. And so um, I didn't think that way with the flowers, but I just kind of thought like, this is kind of a fun rejection proof exercise in a way of just being so, you know, walking, you know, just on these country roads with these flowers, having people pass me wondering, oh, there's Bridget. I wonder who got those for her. And um it made me think that, you know, how, how much better for me to rather than worry about what they were thinking to just really show my true reaction to it. And so I just was trying to, I was just conscious of, you know what, like, I'm really happy right now. This was such a surprise. This was so sweet of Justin. So I'm just gonna walk home with these flowers with a smile just plastered on my face, because that's exactly how I feel. And I just I was wondering just the repercussions of that, if anyone saw that and just, you know, whether they knew me or not, did they think, oh, wow, like that girl's really happy. Like, that's so cool, um, you know, and to bring that happiness into their own life or maybe spur on an act of kindness in their own life. Um, so who knows? But those are my many reflections on that sweet act of kindness. You know, Bridget, one thing you could do going forward now is. I mean, you can just go to the dollar store and buy, you know, six fake flowers and you could be that girl walking around town who just walks with flowers in her hand. Totally. And just gives them to everyone. Yeah, I thought about it. I was like, you know what? What would Justin say if I just, that person looks like they need a flower. That person looks like they need a flower. And you would ask, where'd your flowers go? Oh, I gave them away. Well, good. I mean, it was, uh, from my perspective, I when you wrote me a, a par- paragraphs of all the things that you felt of in terms of like what other people, how they may perceive you and things like, geez, I, I was just buying flowers. I didn't know I was going to get an essay in return about like all the things that prompted you. So, I mean, it was uh, neat to see just like how, I mean, that was just one act and obviously Bridget and I are best friends to where she would share that, but you can think of how in a daily life, how easy it is probably for us to say one comment and how that could trigger a number of thoughts and feelings that someone would have that they otherwise wouldn't know. So I'm glad you like the flowers, sweetie. That is very true. When you're dating me, you will get an essay in response (laughs) just so you are aware. But I like that point too, though, just that, you know, whether it's a good act or, you know, a, a more negative thing or whatever, just that idea that, yeah, like for you, you know, you definitely were just like, oh, I'm going to buy flowers. You probably thought about it for a minute or two. Okay, drove to my town, like, and that was that. And then for me, it prompted all of these other things. And I think it, you know, in such a good way, you never know 
what your your words and your actions, what joy they're going to spark in other people. And also to be cognizant of, you know, those negative comments or things you say without thinking, like how also that can trigger a whole bunch of stuff for another person. Right, right. So along those lines of personal growth, uh, Bridget and I have been taking up some new hobbies as of late, and it's been just a reflective experience of, you know, whenever you start a new hobby, how it allows you the chance to be a novice and a beginner again, and how, I'm not sure about you, but the uh, feeling of, wow, I'm getting better at this and how it can excite you to get better at other things. So uh, like in Bridget and our lives, Bridget's joined my softball team and she's gotten really excited about hitting the baseball or hitting the softball uh, better each time. And myself, you know, I took up tennis this summer and have made it a point to continually get better at, at golf by targeting a specific score I wanted to shoot each time. And, you know, it's neat how after you accomplish those goals, how you can then set even higher standards for yourself for the next time. So uh, this is just a little comment on, you know, the benefits of having a hobby that you can kind of, that one, it's first fun to you, the fact that you would want to spend your time doing something like that, but then two, that it can be an outlet and make you more creative and better uh, for the major thing that you want to be best at in life. Yeah, I totally agree. And just the importance of having like those hobbies that are in your life that are fun for you and to keep them fun and to keep them as things that are part of that, like your playful and fun side, um, you know, cause life can so easily, you can get so caught up in, you know, the responsibilities and the work you do and all the other things that are vying for your time. And while all those things are so fulfilling and so important, also so important to kind of bring out that more playful and, and fun side of yourself. Well, um, and you uh, may be able to learn something more about your partner. So for example, the first time I took Bridget uh, to batting practice with me to hit softballs, I mean, she was hitting them really good. And, and the member on my team was like, is she a good hitter? I was like, I don't know. I'm, I've never played with her before and she's never played softball. And she was whizzing them past our head. And I was like, wow, like Bridget, she's really good. And then afterwards, she was like, oh my gosh, it felt so good. I was getting out all my aggression. I was like, I didn't know you had aggression. So <laughs> neither did I. So it, it's self-discovery for the new hobbies that you could pick up as a team. Oh my gosh. It so is. And I feel like I'm just softball was like the first time that I just I don't think of I don't picture myself I mean Justin you can disagree if you want to maybe we should talk about it later if you think this is true but I don't find myself to be an aggressive person but I just feel like you know once like I was in a sport that required not aggression but just strength I guess um it was really interesting it was like the stress was like the softball and I was just like I think she was thinking that the softball was my head and she was just visualizing seeing that it go really far that is not accurate that is not accurate but on the same point of self-discovery I feel like um I never realized I never picture myself as a competitive person either, but 
feel like in sports, something just comes out of me that's really competitive. And so in the beginning, like, you know, they just, I was on the softball team because they needed another person. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. I, I can go. No big deal. Never have played softball before. And then like, I was, you know, like hitting things decently and I was doing fine for a person who has never played before. But then the more I thought about it, I feel like I got so inside of my head of like, oh, like, like how do I do this? And it was it just, it, it, it was interesting to me that, you know, sports and a lot of other creative outlets that people have, um, it can get really mental. So to, you know, really be able to bring yourself back to think like, you know, this is supposed to be fun, you know, just let this be like a fun, playful thing. Don't think so hard about um, your performance or how you're doing, because that can ruin the fun and the playfulness of it. Um, and I think we did with a lot of things, including those fun, creative outlets that you have, um, the less you think about it, the more you sort of enjoy it, the better you do in my experience too. So I think that's also another interesting self-discovery piece of, um, that balance in fun and play as well. Well, you hit it on the head, Bridget, that, you know, you started out and you did really good. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, fine. I I want to do, I want to keep doing good. And then you kind of like go to like stage two of, you know, picking up a new skill or hobby where, you know, like you said, you're thinking about it all the time. And for me, when she was outlining kind of what she was thinking, it just made total sense to me that when we're trying to achieve mastery in our lives, like with our, uh, the skills Mm -hmm. of the things most important to us, you know, we, we followed the same exact kind of process, if you will, that probably, whether it's a natural curiosity, a natural skill that we had gave us early success, but that we wanted to get better, you know, it takes us down a rabbit hole of, of always showing us how we can improve and how it's, you know, like you said, Bridget, at this stage, it's not just hitting the baseball. There's also a mental aspect of being a great baseball player. And then once you're able to master that, then there's another thing that you're able to, you know, go down the thing. So having a, a continuous mindset of always learning and knowing that there's always going to be something that can be fine tuned. I think that's what makes life fun because uh, you're never going to reach the stage and say, Oh, I achieved all that I could, or I became the best that I ever totally. could because there's always going to be something that I think the, the world or your profession is always going to teach you or things will change and always having a, that open uh, mindset on things will, uh, you know, really help you. I mean, and 2020 is a great example of it, you know, for a lot of people in a way, I bet more 40 and 50 year olds are more tech savvy than they thought that they ever would. And a lot of, a lot sure. of times when, when I was speaking with them, uh, you know, they'd always use the excuse, I don't need to, but now all of a sudden it was really adapt or die. Well, they forced themselves to adapt. And I, I think that's a great example of, uh, you know, some people are able to adapt quicker than others but how, um, you know, life will throw things at us that it's going to force us to adapt and to always be, be better than what we were yesterday. Absolutely. I think that's such a good, those are such good points. I completely agree. And I think that sometimes you, you said it exactly when you said that, you know, sometimes life forces us to adapt and sometimes we work to achieve mastery or work to adapt adapt in different areas of our lives and those things can translate to some of like the more like bigger ticket more important responsibilities in our lives um because yeah you know it's like I I would say that softball is something that's really fun for me and I enjoy doing but 
it's absolutely not on par with, you know, my relationship with you, of course, my relationship with my family, um, you know, my work, like school, all that kind of stuff. But it's like the more that I, you know, try to, you know, work, try a new skill and get better and adapt in different ways and, you know, grow confidence in that skill, I do think it translates to so many other things. So absolutely, I think that sometimes life forces us to adapt and sometimes we adapt in different circumstances. And it's amazing how that translates to other areas of our lives. Well, I'm glad that uh, not yet that you haven't put softball ahead of our relationships. I guess I'll be a little, I'll be a little afraid if you say, Justin, I'm, I'm going to be at the batting cages for three straight days. So you're not going to hear from me. (laughs) God, I got a lot of, I I got a lot of aggression built up of things that you did. So, uh, You'll hear from me later. You should be thankful for softball. It's given us more date ideas. Batting practice, playing catch, playing the game together, batting cages. There's so many options we had never even considered. Secret handshakes. Yes, yes. You can, yes. Well, Teamwork, <laughs> it's all good relationship skills. Well, good. So let, let's transition to a listener question that we got. And it was more of a timely uh, question based off of uh, what's happening this fall. But we got a question from a, a listener that said, uh, during a texting conversation I was having with my boyfriend, he kiddingly asked me who I was voting for uh, this election. And we've never spoken about politics before. But I'm nervous as to how to respond to that. And I think that's a great question, especially for people early in the dating stages and knowing that some people are have different levels of uh, focus on political beliefs than others. So I'm going to turn this over to the marriage and family therapist, Bridget, about, oh, about what she thinks about, about that question. And how to approach it from a relationship standpoint. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough one. I I think that, you know, you're the normal sort of like um, good relationship uh, quality is qualities and characteristics and skills that I would encourage, you know, any couple to work on sort of like those core uh, things. I think that those also um, work well in this situation, but it's obviously such a, hot topic um, and just a very like triggering topic for a lot of people on both sides and you know just with differing opinions that I think it can be really difficult to uh, in the midst of that um, those hot topics and those triggers to really be able to ground yourself to use positive relationship skills Um, I would say just and I know we've talked about this before on the podcast but I do think that if I were to name like any one sort of mindset that's essential for a conversation like this it would be seeking to understand um because I just think that you know you're you're gonna have people who have all different kinds of opinions for all different kinds of reasons and um I think it's really important to be able to be confident in your own sort of um just just what you're educating yourself on and and the beliefs that you have to have enough confidence in those things that you're not entering a conversation with your partner trying to change them or or trying you know to get them to believe the way you do or trying to prove your point because to you you know you're thinking like oh this is what I believe 
Um, and then going into that conversation with your partner, just seeking to understand what they believe, what they thought, you know, if you have differing opinions to kind of think, oh, like, that's interesting. I never considered that perspective. Have you thought about this? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, let me, you know, I read this book. I have this resource. I listened to this podcast that really opened my eyes to this topic. Like, I, here it is. If you want to take a listen, no pressure. Like, um, again, a much easier said than done, but um, I would just say that piece to be confident enough in your own beliefs that you're not ever trying to change your partner um, to think the way you do, because just like anything in a relationship, there's going to be differences. There's going to there's there are going to be conflicts, but um, or I should say there's going to be disagreements, but um, disagreements don't always have to equal conflicts. I think it's totally normal that two partners can have differing political views and um that can be okay as long as they're both open to the other person's perspective and thinking, yep, that's cool. That's what they believe. This is what I believe. And you're sharing resources and seeking to understand one another rather than um, getting stuck in what we call like a, a gridlocked conversation where it's just like you're both stubborn. You're both trying to change the other person and there's just no, it's going nowhere. Well, well you know, with what you shared, Bridget, about like being gridlocked that, um, as I've shared with listeners, I, I was on Bumble and Tinder for four years and went on maybe actually got to go on like two dates in that time and they were all very bad. So I've seen a fair amount of profiles, but I will say that I, I have seen a number of unique things shared when it comes to preferences on there, but I never once saw I'm only seeking a Democrat or Republican uh, <laughs> to be my to be my partner yeah. uh, that that in sure. other words if you're afraid listener about um, how the other person will react and whatever your beliefs are I think based on whoever they will respond you will be able to determine I think kind of how they go about that question how they would go about just being in a relationship with you because if if they were to come off as um demeaning or uh, doesn't give an answer in a way that respects you or anything like that. I think regardless of, of uh, whatever their beliefs are, you'll be able to gauge their uh, quality of their character from however the discussion goes, regardless of whether or not their personal beliefs are. So I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid to do it. I think it is a good discussion to have I because I mean the more you know about your partner the better but I think with a discussion topic like that I, I think you're more looking at how does how does the other person's character react to uh, whatever your beliefs are because that would that would be pretty telling mm-hmm. about whether or not you think they would be a good fit for you in the in the future Absolutely. I think that the way that, you know, the way you're able to navigate a tough conversation, like talking about politics with your partner, that's going to prepare you for so many other conversations. And it's going to show exactly what Justin said, those characters, core character traits that um, you're really looking for in a partner. I think those are going to shine through whether you're talking about laundry or politics. And so um, the more you see those things come to like to light, um, the more you're able to consider like, hey, is this relationship a good fit for me? Transitioning to question number two, uh, my boyfriend texted me about what type of laundry style I wash with. 
I'm afraid of his response. What should I say? No, I'm kidding. That's a that's a fake question. That what I say is that no, a real I don't think there's only there's only one way to do laundry, and that's clean style. I was just saying, I was like, I mean, maybe I could like run to Target and see what options there are. But I mean, for me, it's like whatever's on sale. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I, yeah, good stuff. Laundry and politics. That could be a guess in itself. <laughs> that could be. Maybe they could like talk about politics as they're doing laundry. <laughs> well, good. Well, it would be good. Well, anything good. else you would like to share for this week's episode, Bridget? Honestly, that is about. That is about it. Yeah, that was a good listener question. I, I feel like that's such an important thing to, to talk about. And like, I like what you said about continuing to just know more and more about your partner. Um, other than that, though, I mean, yeah, that was our listener question for the week. And that's what I had as far as my thoughts. What about you? Well, Justin? as a funny comment here, Bridget and I were uh, driving down by a lakefront this past week as a date idea. Um, and one of the cars that was in front of us was decked out with a number of uh, political flags just for one party. And I thought of that 30 uh, day of rejection thing. Like how funny would it be if somebody uh, had both parties just decked out both of their cars on two uh, with a Democrat and Republican <laughs> side of, and seeing <laughs> normally people only put the party they're interested in voting for they wouldn't put two on there i just thought it'd be funny to to do that but i have a feeling that would That's uh funny. that could trigger some emotions and some people that could put you in you know in a, maybe an ideal sit in a situation you wouldn't be in so i wouldn't recommend it but it's, that's my funny food for thought for the day of if, if yeah. what if somebody yeah. uh did that or even put um candidates from like the the 1800s on their car from both parties and and had that on there so that's my funny random that's comment good. for the day that's good that's no that's so good and that that just made me think of even too like um talking about with this with your partner to not like shy away from that because exactly what you're saying like you're you're seeing this stuff all over the place there's so much going on in the world today that this conversation obviously isn't go away, going away. So you might as well use it as a talking point to get to know your partner better. All right. Well, so get out there and get to know your partners better while doing laundry, everybody. Get doing laundry. And I think we should like copyright that laundry and politics podcast idea in case we want to like start a new podcast. <laughs> Trademark, copyright, whatever it's called. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We will be back next week with another edition. And until then, hope you have an awesome week. And if you're listening to this in real time, enjoy Bye. Labor Day. Bye.